You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you are either A, following, or B, subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by our own live fantasy show if you have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft don't miss the locked on fantasy live show on wednesday august 18th at 9 eastern streaming on the locked on nfl youtube page youtube page subscribe now so you don't miss it our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to locked on nfl network on twitter uh it's been a great week here uh the response from everybody um, and I understand some of these um, listening uh, apps are finally getting Locked On Browns back. So I got a couple of responses in that today. So it is great to uh, basically see all your ears again, so to speak. We're going to sit down, uh, break down all the action from Saturday night with PFS John Costco. Uh, first off, John, um, here in Jersey, it's a little chilly here as the sun went down. I don't care if it's August or not. We've had real action. John, it's football season, baby. It is football season. Um, I'm surprised it's chilly there. You know, we've been dealing with almost 100-degree heat here in Ohio. Today, it finally rained for the first time in a month. We've definitely needed some rain. But football season is upon us, and it was uh, good to have, you know, live action in in August. Uh, We didn't get to have that last year. We're normally start this on the offensive side of the ball. And for, let's see, for most of 2020, the exciting part to talk about of the Cleveland Browns was on the offensive side of the ball. Saturday evening, a little bit different, John. Um, And the most, I think, refreshing uh, takeaway from this is we're not talking about John Johnson III. We're not talking about Miles Garrett. We're not talking about Jadavian Clowney. We're talking about the next wave. And what can maybe help take this defense on paper from being viewed as as potentially good to great? You start to see some glimpses and the depth that's going to be added to this defense that can make it, you know, very good to great. You cannot start any of these conversations without talking about number 28, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. I know we bountied about before the 2020 draft about a player of Isaiah Simmons. And, and when a player's calling card is versatility, that's fantastic. But how do you take it and say, oh, well, look at all these things he did in college. And then you throw him into the NFL and now everything's going a million miles a minute. Big difference for the Browns is they had the 52nd overall selection invested into uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, where the Cardinals had a top 10 pick invested. You bring into mind there was time missed, you know, due to COVID. You know, obviously, whatever it was COVID-related, it didn't get you a Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Too bad at all. But, John, you got to see every level of what a player like this is, what made him so attractive to Andrew Barry, certainly what made him so attractive to Joe Woods. And this is in 
basically with a week of being in the building. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tweeted after the game that he actually impressed me. Um, he was not somebody that was like super high on um, coming out in the draft. Um, you know, a lot of people were right. I think you, you clearly see on film, his athleticism, his, his tenacity, his aggressiveness, and, and just going to make him plays. Um, but like one of the issues with, with him in college was, you know, the instincts maybe were, were lacking. His eye discipline was, was not there where it needed to be. And, you know, you talk about what Kevin's fancy said after his, you know, the game and his press conferences mm-hmm. and he, you know, Jeremiah, you know, Usukomo also said it is, I, I need to get my eyes right. I need to be good with my eyes. Um, and that's, that's basically what it is because he has all the athletic ability, the football playmaking ability, the natural talent is there. Uh, but really what sets you know, apart the, the greats from the has-beens and, uh, you know, this, the average guys in the NFL are, are being good from the head, you know, the neck up. Um, and that's where he needs to, to definitely improve with his eyes and what we saw on the field, you know, granted, this is take this with a grain of salt. This is preseason, but, you know, you, you talk about a, a performance that he was fast. He was flying around. He was, he shed some blocks. There was a, there was a screen block that he got blocked on. That wasn't great. Um, but there was a couple, you know, a handful of plays where he shot the gap in the run game and, and got through and shed the block um, to, to be in his gap. Uh, he had a couple of stops in the run game. He had that, you know, the one on the screen play where he did knife through in, in the fourth quarter to, to make a tackle for a loss. And it was just generally in the right spots at the right times um, for most of the game. And, and he came out with a really solid uh, 70, 78 grade overall, um, which, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Maybe you're not thinking, oh, he, he looked a lot better than a 78, but you're thinking about from a linebacker position, um, he had a 74.9 run defense grade, 69.5 coverage grade, 74.2 pass rush grade. That all for 64 snaps, it's a really good performance. It's, so uh, you just want want to see more of that from him and continue to do that. It's much better than a performance of like he had one big play and then was not good the rest of the game like a Mac Wilson was in this first, first uh, preseason game. You mean a couple of interceptions that were, you know, punts that he essentially fair caught. But, hey, that's a story for another day. Um, for me, and the one a couple of takeaways, and he brings something, and I've been saying this the last couple of days, John, there's nobody on this Browns defense who has a reputation as being a big-time hitter. This guy can have that. And, you know, if there is a reputation, offensive players, they talk. And it's like, well, don't get yourself caught where you didn't see 28 coming because, you know, 28 is going to lay it on you. And the Browns just do not have that type of guy. So that is certainly, and the other thing is, is even if you don't know exactly what you're doing yet, do it 100 miles an hour. And this goes back to, you know, aggressive mistakes. You know, everybody was coached the same. Sometimes you may be wrong. You may read something wrong, but don't stand there flat footed like a nincompoop and and let the play go 30 yards when it should only went for seven, get involved. And that's certainly what you can see, you know, is the mentality of a player like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Now we're going to get to a couple other defensive backs here. I want to, you know, we're going to talk a little bit. I want to talk about Richard LeCount, the Browns' top three safeties. Obviously, we're not a part of that. There were a lot of, I don't want to say excuses made for LeCount during, you know, the draft season and, you know, didn't test better, this, that, and the other thing. Play certainly spoke for itself for at least this first small step. And then, John, the cornerbacks, you know, obviously Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom. This is something that's going to be bantied about until we get to, you know, week one against the Chiefs. Yeah, Richard LeCount um, had the highest grade of the defense uh, for the Cleveland Browns at 90.4. Um, you know, he had some really he, he had some really good plays. I mean, he, he was solid all around. Um, you know, even even as a 
you know, got some pressures in there. Um, even though he didn't actually have a design pass rush, um, when when the you know quarterback broke the pocket, he was able to make some make something happen there. Um, and then you know on the back end, he was just really solid in in the right positions. You know, just didn't give up anything into his coverage really. Um, and then the rest of the, you know, you look at Greg Newsom, I think he's the other, you know, big highlight you're probably looking for. And um, naturally he was the one that was on, on the perceiving end of the big time throw from Trevor Lawrence over, over his head to Marvin Jones and stuff like that's going to happen in the NFL. You know, that he wasn't really beat on anything like that in college last year, but obviously this is the NFL. You're, you're going to get beat on, on things. So, um, you know, his performance was not, not where you'd want it to be from a, but it's, again, it's preseason. Um, you know, I think a, another thing that that's con- encouraging from a cornerback standpoint is AJ Green actually had a, a solid game. Um, you know, he is a guy that was the priority UDFA for, for Andrew Barry last year. And uh, he, he kind of showed a little bit of, of why that is. So um, yeah, the, this, the safety room and this cornerback room is, is the depth is, is massively improving there. And this, the top tier talent is, is, you know, improving there um, from, from a Greg Newsom standpoint, you know, his, his grade is hurt by, by giving up a long, you know, reception to, to the, you know, Marvin Jones, but um, he was, he was otherwise just pretty much fine. He looked fast out there. He looks explosive and he seemed to be in under control. So, uh, you know, from a, from a secondary standpoint, I think things are going in the right, right direction for the Cleveland Browns. Anybody through the PFF lens, John, that maybe didn't get spoken of well enough that maybe should have maybe gotten a little bit more love for their efforts Saturday evening? Um, so they had, I think uh, Curtis Weaver kind of showed out a little bit well in, in this game for the for the Browns. I think um, he, he didn't have any splash plays, but from a grade standpoint, he was... Well, he was the one that led to JOK sack. Yeah, I mean, he... he Sure. He, so that's the thing, right? Like he's, he created pressure. He created something happening there. He didn't get the, the stat sheet part. And this is kind of what we do at PFF is to you know, be able to, you know, capture these types of guys. And, you know, Curtis Weaver's, you know, play on the day was, um, you know, soft, decently solid all around. Um, Sione Takitaki had a, had a really good game. Um, you know, a 74.4. That's a, that's another solid game. You're not going to be, you know, writing home about anything of, of he didn't have any uh, interceptions or you know these these flash plays, but he was just consistently good in the in the game there. Um, the you know those are a couple of guys that were kind of you know played well from a from a PFF lens. Well, which is funny though because we've kind of now it's almost become the norm for Sione Takitaki, and with all this going on with Tack McKinley, um, having somebody else step up at the edge position certainly uh, would be advantageous. We're going to kick it over to the offensive side of the ball here uh, in just a second with John. We'll get some more general thought. John's jumping in. What do you got for me, John? Do you know who didn't have a good game? Four snaps, 29.7 grade. Guess who that individual was? Uh, we've been down this road too many times before, John. Um, Mr. Berea is a great thing to be labeled, but at the end of the day, it needs to translate to where – there are 70,000, 80,000 people, and it's just and not working out for 51. This is kind of why you take, like, training camp reports of, oh, this guy's playing extremely well with a massive grain of salt because it's training camp. It's practice, man. It's practice. Sure, you want to play well in practice, but that doesn't matter. 
There, yes, we, John, I'm sure you've been on a field. I've been on a field where, wow, this guy looks like aces. There's got to be some reason they never actually put him into a game. You know, sometimes bright lights ain't for everybody, just kind of the way it goes. But we are going to get to the offensive side of the ball here. We'll get some more general thoughts here as we're, I mean, it's weird to say, but almost maybe about halfway through training camp here with the Browns so far. All that coming up here. Latest Lockdown Browns, PFF Senior Analyst, John Costco, along for the ride. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can check all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, UFC, MMA, and of course, all your NFL action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online. Your online sports book experts. John, seeing the success Saturday night of all the reserves, the both quarterbacks, um, yeah, the running game never got going, but I'll be honest and you'll be honest, it, none of those guys really are ever going to take a meaningful rep of running the ball for the Browns during the regular season unless it's late in the game or it's late in the season in a game that doesn't matter. Plus, you're still shug- you know, shuffling between you know what is going to be your second team offensive line, but 31, I believe for 44, 45, whatever it is, uh, 335, 340 yards, the quarterbacks humming, the receivers that played humming, everybody involved. But John, all of this just made me think the, the offense appears this confident. And these aren't the guys who are going to be playing the most. So if your second and your third teamers have such a grasp on what's going on, it, it just kind of sort of gets my juices flowing for about what's really going on with the ones. Yeah. So, you know, I want to talk a, just a smidge about that, the backup reserves at the, you know, offensive line. You had Michael Dunn and Drew Forbes, both grading in the eighties in pass protection. You know, that's exactly what you're looking for. And you're in your young backups that if they have to come in there and, and replace somebody for a bit, uh, you might feel good about those, those guys. Um, but for, yeah, from a run game, like, I don't really care that none of those are starters that were out there. So it's like, it really doesn't matter, but you know, you look at from the receiving standpoint, what really matters is are, are, are these receivers, you Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones, um, Kaderil Hodge, even Jamarcus Bradley, he's fighting for a, a you know, Ross's part, Demetrius Felton. They all looked really good. Um, they looked, they ran good routes. They had good timing in this offense. They were, they were catching their passes. Obviously, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones had the, the one handed grab on the sideline on a uh, ball that Case Keenum had to throw early and, and he got, you know, was able to snag it in there. And that, which, is you know, big, which, to, is big, which is big for DPJ because it's been the similar thing. Like it's been a lot of talk of Mac Wilson on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of talking to DPJ as far as what's been going on in camp. But again, it's got to translate when we go live. And at least for one of them, it did. Exactly. It, it translated to him. He made, you know, he's a guy that flashed in games last year, which is not something that you've seen Mac Wilson do in actual real games. Um, the only time he ever flashed was because of the first preseason game, whereas Donald Peoples Jones, he's a guy that flashed in games last year as a rookie, comes out, says, hey, we're, he's having this awesome camp, comes out there make some nice plays and looks, you know, looks apart in terms of just, you know, obviously it's just a couple plays, but he looks like he was a guy that is being talked about as a, you know, the, this, this training camp star. Um, and, you know, he's, he's fighting for that number three wide receiver position. Um, 
you know, Demetric Felton had a really nice game. He, I was excited mm-hmm. to see what he was going to do, and they essentially lined him up at slot. You know, they they it's what he's essentially his role is going to be. So I think from a, a receiving standpoint, this this group is really really has some good competition there at that you know three to five roster you know wide receiver position so um it it spells good things in terms of you know you look you look at last year obviously you don't want anybody to go down like you know obj again or anything but if you if you have to put in those guys to give obj or landry some some breathers you you can trust these guys to maybe get open and, and help move the chains it was refreshing and this goes in line with the quarterbacks though everybody obviously was seeing the same type of thing you know, whether it was Cody Kessler, whether it was uh, Kyle Luoletta. And, you know, I, I think, John, actually, that it ended up where uh, Kyle Luoletta actually ended up as you know, one of the top performing quarterbacks of the week, ironically yeah, I enough. I believe he had the second highest grade from any quarterback this weekend. Um, let me just double check that. I know that was what it was when we were in the middle of our reviews, and I think that's what held. He had a 91.4 grade. Yeah, it was second to uh, to Jacob Eason, of all guys. Eason, who um, – I take my victory lap on Jacob Eason. I take my victory lap. He's he's a guy that um, – if, if you watch him, he, he obviously this is preseason, right? But um, he was really late on a lot of his throws, but he has this cannon for an arm, so he just rockets the ball in there like every single time. Um, be interesting to see how he develops because Colts need a quarterback. <laughs> they they need somebody to be able to call it back there. But yeah, Kyle Loretta was awesome. Um, you know, had a couple of big time throws. Didn't have any turnover throws. He had three drops, unfortunately. But um, and even Case Keenum, you know, he was efficient and um, you know moved the ball. And um, but uh, these guys did what you want them to do as your backup quarterback to you know, just just to kind of be there and know the offense. They they executed the offense so. Um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, every, everything about the past game for the, what the Browns did was, you know, this is, I guess, encouraging. And again, I still just come to the fact that, you know, you didn't really essentially get, you know, you saw the Hondas and the Toyotas out there. We didn't get to see the Ferraris out there. And for me, that's the part that's kind of got me jacked up a little bit. And we'll see when we actually get to see them. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it might be a small glimpse. Maybe it won't be a glimpse. And the other thing that nobody's thinking about is, you have to factor in a 17-game regular season. So maybe you don't want any of your regulars taking any meaningless hits in August. Who knows just, that part? Go ahead, John. Just telling you, Tom Brady played, you know, a series in a preseason game. So if Tom Brady's playing a series in a preseason game, I think I think you can get Baker Mayfield out there for a series or two, and he'll be but fine. But there could also be the theory of Tom Brady said he wanted to play, so nobody's going to tell Tom Brady that he's not going to play. There is that possibility to it which which then begs the, the fact of if if this don't guy we all want to be tom brady don't we all want to be tom brady exactly yes. right <laughs> um the browns offensively do come out with a little bit of a loss here um browns love their two tight end sets steven carlson you know here's a player that and for carlson it's interesting because he's made it through the past regime to this regime and now the talks were that he was having a really good camp and but the browns need four tight ends john there's no way around it. If they want to play in for those of you who still don't get it, if you want to play a lot of two tight ends, you need four. That's just the way it works. But John, this is one of the advantages of maybe being deep in a lot of areas. There can be a way to make up for this loss, but this is, you know, everybody has their losses. And if at the end of the day, this was the Browns only loss 
through the summer, you consider yourself kind of blessed, but sucks for Carlson. But at the end of the day, it is a loss. Play special teams, can be relied upon to play some tight end for you. Tough spot for the Browns. Yeah, it is. And and you talk about he had a good he's had a had a good camp. Um and he did follow that up with, with a solid effort in this game of uh, uh, granted seven snaps, but seventy seven point oh grade, eighty four point nine receiving grade. So he is it's a guy that, you know, kind of followed up a good camp with a first good preseason game. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like if you're a team that likes to run a lot of two tight end sets, you need four tight ends to be able to rotate those guys in and out and, and keep them fresh, especially when you're such a run heavy team, that's going to utilize those guys as blockers a lot, because that's, that's not an easy task for those tight ends. So, um, but to, at the end of the day, it is their fourth tight end. Um, and it's, it's not that super vital of a, of a position on the team. Um, and, you know, you have to trust that, that Andrew Barry could be able to replace him. Kevin Stefanski and his staff could coach up a guy to be that fourth guy, or they can adjust a little bit if they need to run more three wide receivers type sets. So it's, it's unfortunate for that guy. Cause you know, he has looked good. Um, you know, he got this game and I think he's, he's a guy that has looked good in, in spurts as a, in his career. So, you know, again, just, you know, it's tough. You hate it for, you, you always hate to see it, you know, especially for the guys who aren't making any money. I mean, if you're somebody making 12, 13 million dollars, it's like, well, you get the year off and you're getting paid 12, 13 million dollars for a guy like Steven Carlson. This is about actually trying to make some legitimate money. So that, you know, tough blow there. Um, but all the best. And, you know, we'll see how it parlays, you know, for Mr. Carlson and, of course, for the Browns. We're going to get back here. Just some general thoughts here again, as we are almost halfway through 2021 NFL training camp with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, again, uh, John Costco, your host, Jeff Lloyd here as we roll on through. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's major parts like a water pump, a transmission, a head gasket assembly, whatever you may need, or the simplest of stuffs like bulbs for your blinkers or carpet for your floor, RockAuto.com has you covered. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck or your Sunday drive right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know the folks over there, we, uh, we sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against a Thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. 
So, John, halfway through here, camp, one preseason game under the way, Giants coming to town, a little bit of a different matchup, I would say. The Giants are a team that thinks they, I mean, look, if you have a pulse, you should be thinking you're going to continue, you know, Content, uh, you're going to compete in the NFC East. You know, obviously Jacksonville, it feels that even though Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is in-house, doesn't look like that team is ready. I don't know how this exactly works, John. Is this the week that's viewed as the dress rehearsal? Is the last one viewed as the dress rehearsal? And with it being two weeks before opening day, how do you manipulate this if you're the Browns from here on out? You know, the thought of trying to make sure everybody's healthy for Kansas City but understanding you do need to try and get some real work in. Yeah, I think it's going to depend on your um, and like the the roster cut down. So there's there's deadlines of you have to cut it down to a certain point, right? So they're going to want to have a um, the dress rehearsal kind of based on that usually. So maybe maybe it's going to be three. You know, week three is going to be like the former week four. And week two is going to be kind of like the, all right, let's get our starters up to speed. But again, it's so far away from the, the first game of the regular season that maybe you want that. All right, let's get our starters ready to go in the third one again, because it's a little bit closer to the regular season that you can, you know, maybe there's a little bit more carryover. I, I don't know. Um, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, you know, this is this is going to be brand new for everybody, right? So, um, yeah, the Giants mm-hmm. the Giants have a little bit more aspirations, I would say, than, than you know, the, the Jags probably do this year. There's probably no expectations for the Jaguars this year other than let's see if we got our guy in Trevor Lawrence. And they, you know, they have some really let's good Let's see if Urban players. Meyer can make it through 17 games and let's get Tim Tebow the hell out of Dodge as fast as possible. It's, it's just like... Yeah, they, they don't have a team that's going to compete for anything this year unless, you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of like drags them into the playoffs, kind of like how Andrew Luck was able to do that with the, the Colts in his rookie year. So um, it, it, for the Giants, they have more aspirations. They got to, they, you know, they've been building up this roster from a, a little bit longer. They, you know, their quarterback is, you know, more seasoned, even though Danny Jones is, you know, it's Daniel Jones. He's nothing special. He's not, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything special going for him. He's, you know, he's kind of like your average Joe, essentially. Um, Colt McCoy. That's the vibe I get. Colt McCoy on a good day. He's, yeah, he's like a better, he's like a better Colt McCoy. You know, more athletic type guy, bigger guy. But yeah, he he can execute your offense. Um, I I think he was underrated last year. Um, But again, you're, you're, they're talking about a, a team that still needs to build up that offensive line a bit better. They need to keep building in that defense. Um, I like some of their skill positions, you know, but this, you know, it's a team that's going to be a little bit, should be a little bit more of a, of a challenge, you know, quote unquote challenge from a preseason game perspective or whatever. Um, and they are like, you know, that NFC West is, it's not a strong division. Um, it's going to be stronger this year. You'd assume based on, you know, based on how bad it was last year, but, uh, you know, they have, they might have some aspirations for that third wild card spot, you know, competing for, Second wild, what is it? Third, yeah, third wild card spot. You know, the number seven spot there. Um, so I think you know we'll get, maybe get to see Daniel Jones. You know, hopefully for them, Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy and ready to go. Like all reports say, on week three. So um, it would be nice to see some some Saquon Barkley in the house, but we're you know we're not going to be able to see that. 
Um, nor, you know, I'll be honest, it's not even the ACL. Saquon Barkley is on the same level of Nick Chubb that there is no reason you even risk a yeah. meaningless carry. No way. Some players, though, John, through you, uh, through you, obviously the guys over at PFF, some players around the league who maybe caught some eyes here through, you know, week one of preseason. Yeah, so... I mean, the spotlight, obviously, every single preseason when you're in a week one are, are the rookie quarterbacks. It's always, it's always the case. And then you're kind of like picking, choosing some guys like Penny Sewell or maybe Jamar Chase. Um, it, it had, you know, had uh, uh, Devonta Smith been, been healthy, it would have been him. You know, so you're looking, looking around the, the league. I think, you know, Mac Jones is a guy that, you know, I like him. He's a guy that coming out, I've liked, and I know that he doesn't have, he's not flashy in his, his athletic ability. He's not the, he doesn't have the super strong arm or anything like that, but I thought he played the game at a really high level um, just from the head up in terms of he, had, he has a really good understanding of the game. Um, and he, he came out with the highest grade of any of the rookie quarterbacks um, and, and, and really looked poised out there. Um, I think from a, you know, we talked about him. Talked about him earlier. Jacob Eason. He he looked like you know really good good player out there um, at that position. And I think from a uh, from a defensive standpoint, um, man, there was somebody that I saw this week. I think you know from more from a um, uh, not even just like a, a a player standpoint, but a scheme standpoint. I was I was looking at the, the what the Panthers do on defense um, from a scheme standpoint. And I, I like what they do in a scheme. They run a they. Last year they did a, a lot of cover three, um, double high type stuff, and this year they were, um, you know, this game at least in this game they're doing a lot of a lot more man coverage. So you might be seeing a little bit of a different scheme out of the Carolina Panthers and this coming this year from a defensive perspective, um, you know, and then from a from a you know individual player standpoint, um, you know, Keanu Neal had a ninety nine point six grade, oh, um, you know, and then. Uh, uh, from a rookie standpoint, Patrick Sertan had the highest, you know, the highest grade of any cornerback of at least, you know, he had 20 snaps at a 94.8. Obviously, when you have a pick six and a pass defense, you're going to, you're going to, you know, grade off the charts like that. So from a round one standpoint, you know, that, that's a pretty good start. I think you, you have to your uh, NFL career in preseason. For anybody, and this is one where I get to it. Look, whatever your Mac Jones takes were, Bill Belichick chose this guy to eventually be the next guy in New England. Um, I don't care anybody who's doing this. We aren't putting our resumes up against Bill Belichick. Right. So Matt Jones had the single highest graded season in PFF's college history. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know what what else to say about that. That's like, you know. And for for any Browns fans picking on Matt Jones – who also was on that list, pretty relevant in the top ten there, Mister Costco? Yeah, Baker Mayfield. He was oh, interesting. This, he had the highest until it was broken by Joe Burrow. Well, tied by Joe Burrow, tied by by uh, Kyler Murray as well, and then broken by Mac Jones. So, uh, great career career grade. Baker Mayfield still takes a cake, but single season. It's now owned by Mister Mac. Jones McKenzie is it McKenzie Jones? I think that's what his actual real name is. So, um, yeah, I mean he's a good. He's I really have think he's going to do well in the NFL. I don't I don't care. What the, 
there's guys out there that's like, oh, he's good this weak arm, and I think his arm strength is good enough, and you can continue to build on that arm strength. Well, there was a certain guy who was formerly in New England when he was originally drafted out of Michigan, where the question was, well, does he have a good enough arm to succeed in the NFL? And yeah, they, found a, they, they found a way to make that work. They found a way to make that work. Maybe, um, maybe. John, closing thoughts here. Uh, you know, one week in the books here. We spoke players, teams. Any any team maybe that, you know, maybe people are sleeping on any teams that maybe we've now confirmed they're just not going to be that good. I mean, I think we confirmed that the Houston Texans are not going to be good. Um, even I think even, you look at the, even with Deshaun Watson, even it's a bunch with of him. It's I watched bad. that game and it was a bunch of, oh, he ended up in Houston. Oh, he's still in the league. He's playing. He ended up in Houston. It, there's just nothing there. And even if Deshaun Watson had the most perfect of circumstances going on right now in his life, I'd be screaming, get me the freak out of here because you're not even giving us a puncher's chance to win. It's, it's unfortunate really. I mean, it's, I think it's the, the, the simplest way to put it is that it's unfortunate for Houston fans this year because they, yep. I think, I think you see the writing on the wall. It is what's going to happen is this team is not going to be good and it's going to be ugly all year. And it, I mean, Owen, Owen 17 is, is solidly in the cards. Like that is, that is very, very possible for this team because that's how bad they are. Um, and like, even with Deshaun Watson, they might, they might be lucky to win five games. That roster is so I bad. I think five would be, a, would be a gift, but go ahead. Right. So, um, and you know, we talk about this, they won their, they won their game 26 to seven, but you know, just like we know, if you go undefeated in the preseason, you still can go 0 and 16 in the, in the regular season. We've seen that happen. So first hand experience kid. Yeah, it is. And, and so I think, I think from, you know, from a, they have confirmed that they are, they are just not that good. I think a, another storyline would be, you know, Taysom Hill versus Jameis Winston. Not necessarily like the team naturally, but kind of it's it's going to be those guys. And and you know, Taysom Hill started the game against the Ravens uh, for for the Saints. I was actually not expecting that. I was expecting Jameis Winston to be the starter there. And um, I think they kind of both played similarly. Um, both had some good plays and. You know, both had some plays they'd like back. Um, you know, James Winston obviously pushed the ball down the field more than what Taysom Hill did, but in the end, they had both graded in the 70s. Um, you know, they had some mis- both had some miscommunications with their wide receivers and leading interceptions. Um, so I, you know, I, that one is an interesting camp battle for me um, in terms of who's going to come out on top in that because I, I think Sean Payton can make it work with either one, but I think we really kind of know what – what Jameis Winston brings to the table. He's going to be a super volatile quarterback that can, you know, really, you know, give the game away or can win you the game um, based on his arm. And it's, you, you just don't know what, what version you're going to get. And so it's a matter of can Sean Payton kind of tame that. Yeah. And the, there's the old line of, you know, if you think you have two quarterbacks, essentially maybe you have none, none. and you end up with, you know, a, a circumstance where neither quarterback is anticipating their number being called. Or, you know, okay, this is going to be my turn. And it just, you know, if there's no confidence in who your guy is, then there's going to be no confidence within the guy himself. And it's just a terrible, terrible way to go about business. Um, It's always a pleasure with John here. We're going to continue this here. I guess this will be into year three or year four now where we're going to sit down. We're going to break bread with John once a week, uh, you know, about what, you know, the Browns uh, grades came out through through the PFF lens. 
look, Browns are a heavy analytic owner organization, but with John and, you know, there's an ability here where we pick up things. We learn things that you guys don't normally maybe just see with watching a game on Sunday, Monday, Thursday night, whenever it may be, or even Christmas night, which it will be this year, which will be fun. I already pulled the plug. I already pulled the plug on Christmas dinner at mom's this year. So we already got that one. We already got, we're just going to do a nice small family. I forgot. I need yes, to, we're I need do, to kind of like bleed, let my wife know about that one. Yes. We look, mom, we're just going to do a small, it's been a rough year. We're going to do a small Christmas dinner together, which means that they can pick a part of pizza. I don't give a crap. I'm watching Browns Packers on Christmas night, folks. Shh. Keep that one quiet. Um, so that is where we are. John Hasco from uh, Pro Football Focus, senior uh obviously you know senior uh what is it john c what senior analyst senior analyst it's actually actually like now lead analyst but okay all right well they bumped bumped, yeah yeah. there we go you deserve it you earned it (laughs) thank you yeah so all the the hours trapped in the dungeon i think you've earned it sir yeah in the dungeon and I, i literally work in our pantry essentially so it's a hell of a pantry. Folks, you know, you haven't seen it, but I have seen plenty of it. It is a hell of a pantry. And it certainly beats the days of, you know, when John was living further out in the Midwest and, you know, there would be a guest appearance from the dog or the kids or the boys, whatever. It was good times back then. But at least yes. John's got himself his own own little area these days. Make sure you're following at John Costco 3. Uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Folks, we're closing in on 10K. Let's get that wrapped up before we get to – Week one of the regular season. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there after a follow. Again, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, wherever you are subscribed. I'm sorry, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you are subscribed following the Lockdown Browns podcast. Um, five-star ratings, written reviews, all the rage. Thank you, and I appreciate it. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Brown.